Call it whatever you want. The rapture, Armageddon, the great tribulation, the last judgment. Every religion has a name for the end of the world. Will you be ready? These are the last days. This is eschatology. This is pseudophiles. point just if you're ever bored listen to our podcast at one half speed it's the funniest <laughs> thing it's I feel so like that would be i heard really you doing that sounding. last night it was so goddamn funny <laughs> i'm imagining it we're just it sounds like everyone is insanely drunk but uh are you looking it up now because yeah. i was about to <laughs> the, i was listening to the rumpology episode with everybody half speed I could not stop laughing listening to it. That's fast. That's faster. I'm gonna. I might have to do that at work. That'll uh, keep, <laughs> keep my mind occupied for like four hours. One thing about it being slowed down so much, I realize how much I slur my own speech. Mm-hmm. I Doctor James Thompson. I don't even know. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear myself talk. Yeah. My oh my gosh. <laughs> I sound so annoying. Half speed. I've actually, like, I went through one of those, like, rabbit hole things where I was watching Mm -hmm. asking videos, and of course it starts with Stairway to Heaven. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) Why why is that a thing? I don't know, but I like it. Well, there is... I think a YouTube channel or something where they do Trump speeches also at yeah, half speed. I actually have heard that. And it sounds so... Oh, it makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. That's how it should be. <laughs> okay, so if we're getting into eschatology, there is... A, it's the study of the end times, which presumably means you can predict... Which I think, when I was reading definitions of eschatology, it seems like it's typically theological. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, as it pertains to religion, the end of times, like in the Bible or in, I don't know, the Quran. Which I would expand that a little bit, 
Do you guys have a favorite end of the world movie? It's the end of the world. <laughs> favorite end of the world movie. Um, and me- this can be... I would include classic disaster movies. I mean, 2012, obviously, would be one of those. Lame. Or 2012, however you want to say it. Um, the Inconvenient Truth. No, let's <laughs> not do documentaries. <laughs> well, there's like there's been so many shitty like evangelical like not even like the Omega Code. You've the been left, left behind. <laughs> Have I said this to you that you keep singing that with a different melody than it actually is? Yeah, I don't know how the song actually. You're very <laughs> you're close. I've never actually seen the movie. It's. You've been left behind. And you always go, you've been left behind. Well, my way's better. <laughs> Obviously. But you've sung that so many times on a podcast. <laughs> well, it's it's fitting for a lot of the subjects we It covered. really is. That's the story about uh, Sarah. <laughs> always <laughs> funny to me. I know. But uh, you could also, I mean, you could go Planet of the Apes could be an end of the world movie. And by end of the world, I basically mean end of humanity. Yeah. Um, which, have you guys seen the Charlton Heston uh, Planet of the Apes? I have seen it, but it's it's several. The new one? It's been several years. No, Charl- Charlton Heston. Heston. I don't know. I don't know people. <laughs> the original. Okay. Yes, I have. Uh, the Tim Burton movie can suck it. You you didn't like Jack Black in that? Jack Black Jack was Black? in that? Yeah, he was in the newer Planet of the Apes. No, the Tim Burton, the one with Mark Wahlberg. Oh. Oh, there, oh I forgot there was another one. Yeah. With James Franco, right? Yeah, there's James. Wait, yeah. which one had Jack Black in yeah, it? Yeah, what are we talking about? He was about? in one of them. Let me look. I'm going to IMDB this shit now because I remember seeing him in a newer rendition of Planet of the Apes, and I know You're I'm not crazy. thinking of King Kong. I am thinking of King Kong, <laughs> oh. god damn it. <laughs> They're both giant monkeys. Wasn't no, Charlie's No, the other one's a regular-sized monkey. <laughs> they're pretty big. They're apes, they're so they're apes. pretty big. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, wait. Charlie's Theron was... That was a different monkey movie, wasn't it? You're thinking of Monster. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> okay, favorite end of the world movie. Go. Oh, I just uh, while we're on Planet of the Apes, I want to. Say, I've heard that I did not care for the newest round of Planet of the Apes movies, but I've heard that they've gotten a lot better since the first one. Well, the one where it was the origin story what was that one called Rise of the Planet of the Apes or. I can't remember. Or maybe I'm thinking of The Dark Knight Rises. I watched that one, though, and I thought it was pretty good. The one with uh, James Franco and, uh, and I feel like Drake, we don't even Draco know. Malfoy is also in it, right? Is he? Yeah, he, he's like the brat. Um, but the original Planet of the Apes was, like, the twist in that movie was, I thought, really interesting, where they had just... Uh, I mean, they had just traveled through space and time for so long and came back to Earth... And not like they. Wait, I guess they. Spoiler alert! Wait, hold on, I have a question. How does that? What does Planet of the Apes have to do anything with eschatology? But the end of humanity. Okay. We're talking about the end of the world. Anyway, because we know Sydney. it. No, I'm done. <laughs> no, I, I want to talk about this. Yeah, what were you going to say? Because I think I was well, going to agree. It was with an you. interesting end of the world concept because it like they're they've traveled through space and time not having. I I think and now it's been it's been probably over a decade since I saw the movie. 
but like not realizing what effect it would have on them or how long they would be gone and they landed they crash land on this planet mm-hmm. and then they find out that it's actually planet earth and they've just traveled like a thousand years into the future and so of course obviously by that time humankind has been wiped out yeah, or it, it's devolved or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. When they see the Statue of Liberty, yeah, in the sand. Okay, so what happened? Yes, yeah, so they do. It uses theory of relativity and, and blah blah. They they end up landing back on Earth. They don't realize it. World has been taken over by apes because man had wiped themselves out through nuclear war, um, and the apes had you know evolved, grown more intelligent. So there's. I love the movie because it has its commentary on man flirting with the idea of uh, nuclear war, and there's the whole thing about the uh, the apes uh, being a very religious society and yeah. very opposed to science. And there, there's so much really interesting comedy on it, or comedy commentary on it. And then whenever I saw the Tim Burton one, where they just like threw every interesting part of that uh, out the it was window, terrible. it was so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you expect Tim Burton to do with that? Well, that was back whenever. I think we were still expecting more from him. Um, as far as end of the world m- movies, well, I'm fascinated by any apocalyptic scenario. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I love any like zombie movie, pretty much. Uh, well, not any zombie movie. That's not true. Like Dawn of the Dead, like George Romero, um, Night of the Living Dead, um, and those are very like they both took place in very concentrated areas and i really like how that feels like 28 days later i'm going to get that right this time <laughs> because <laughs> in that entire zombies podcast episode i was saying 28 weeks later not what i meant <laughs> um but like they're all like very concentrated um and they're focused on one person or one group of people and it feels very claustrophobic and you don't know what's going on with the rest of the world but it feels like their own very like their own apocalypse that is happening and it feels like the end of the world and it feels like you're going through it with them in these really well-directed ones like the first couple seasons of the walking dead and uh you know i I don't know i'm really fascinated by the idea of a, of a nuclear apocalypse like just man wiping himself out i feel like it's inevitable um you know given enough time I you mean, can there's um some articles you can read i found one today about people who have circumvented like we've talked about that yeah yeah, we have talked about that on the podcast. Said he talked about it. I can't remember what episode, but maybe it was the apocalypse one. I don't know. Yeah, it was. But the people who have uh, refused to hit the button, you know, it's crazy how close we have come to complete like many times annihilation, mm-hmm. and I mean within seconds, and just be- like based on one person's split decision or a computer fuck up, mm-hmm. and how close we've come to complete annihilation or close to that. But yeah, I mean that's why. Um, you know the the Fallout games are absolutely my favorite game series, and just possibly my favorite story in any media, as far as even like movies, TV shows, or anything like that. That whole lore um, it, that's established in that universe is just it's my favorite thing. Which I've always wondered if there was like a nuclear apocalypse, if this area, like Central America, would even be like touched, like especially Arkansas. Nobody thinks Arkansas. Well, of anything. it would be. I feel like there. Okay, there was a TV show called Jericho that was really short lived, mm-hmm. and it focused on a. I remember that small town in Kansas, mm-hmm. and they saw a mushroom cloud in the distance. Uh, they figured that it hit Denver, mm-hmm. and it just. Uh, I mean, it, the show got really yeah. just convoluted and boring 
and I think I'm pretty sure that's why it yeah. was canceled. But it was such a cool concept, it, though. The concept they had a lot was, of potential. Yeah, the concept was really fascinating. Like the idea of how this small town mid America would survive after mm-hmm. a, a nuclear fallout, and it's you know they're dealing with storms coming in, you know, just like radiation storms and Fallout mm-hmm. Four. I thought that was a nice touch, um, but you know, obviously it didn't last because. I, it really did get. They just ran out of material, yeah. and they didn't, which they shouldn't have. I mean, there's a lot to work with. There. Yeah, there really was. It just got really boring, though. But... And the, it looked like they had the budget for it too, from what yeah. I saw. I was trying to think of what my favorite movie would be, um, and I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to say because I'm, I'm talking more about the book. They did make a TV series about it, The Stand by Stephen King. Of course, most of my cultural touch points are going to be Stephen King, but The Stand is, I think, one of the greatest apocalyptic uh, uh, books ever written. And the apocalypse in that is a super virus that Mm -hmm. takes out the majority of the world. I'm pretty sure I talked about this in the apocalypse episode a little bit, but um, just watching people, uh, or following the characters survive, one, the, the initial virus, and then all the fallout that happens after that not nuclear fallout, obviously, just uh, the having to dis- survive against each other or with each other. I've the the <laughs> TV series don't bother watching it, but the uh, the the movie is or the <laughs> the book is fantastic. And to bring this around to what we're about to talk about, we're talking about different scenarios, which some of them can kind of fall into. Uh, if you, depending on how broad your definition or how you're going or interpretation of some of these prophecies are, could there could be a nuclear fallout or a or a nuclear apocalypse or you know viral apocalypse or natural disaster apocalypse? Mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're going to get into a little bit here. Which we've talked a lot about that in our episode three. Was that apocalypse? We talked about like. Apocalypse scenarios. This is more about the timing. Mm-hmm. Some of these things were. Uh, I grew up with a very kind of specific idea of what the apocalypse is going to be, and my my church was pretty sure they had it all figured out exactly how it was going to play out. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, even though this is something we've talked about, even though the Bible says like you'll know neither the hour nor the day, yeah, they're pretty sure that there's these signs that are going to tell us. You know, we'll know the season. They say you'll know the season. Right. You won't know that. I feel like you're splitting hairs at that point. But I had a pastor that would say constantly in church that uh, he was positive that this was going to be the last generation on earth. (laughs) Yeah, that's that gets me. Like with, especially with pastors or any religious figure to think that oh i've read revelation or i've read that you know we can't know the hour or the time that this is going to happen but i'm going to go ahead and say that this is definitely going to be yeah, i think this is the hour actually <laughs> yeah i had a lot of that uh specifically i remember in the lobby of my church they had out like these tape series that you could buy and they were like like a series that the pastor had done on different subjects <laughs> mm-hmm and you could buy them for a pretty low price. They're all on cassette tapes or whatever, and they're in these packages. And uh, they had artwork on them. I remember walking 
every day or every day every sunday into church and seeing these cassette tapes that you could buy and all the pictures almost like it was like an american flag with an ex like a nuclear like mushroom cloud in the background and it was like are these the last days and like all of them had that same sort of theme like fear-mongering it was very fear-mongering and when I, i'll keep coming back to it but whenever we were talking to arlene like that was something mm-hmm. that impacted me heavily as a kid it scared mm-hmm. the crap out of me mm-hmm. yeah the last days was something i heard all growing up and uh it, it was terrifying i mean any like anything that happened in the news or any things like great tribulation and armageddon and we're living mm-hmm. in the last days and the prophecies the signs are there um when they're calling out peace and security that's when the end will come and i mean you know it's there's a lot of things that you can point to um i think on the un's website at least for a while it said peace and security in huge bold letters at the top of the page Mm -hmm. and you know things were pointed out like that to me and it was just it's terrifying to think about it but then also at the same time there would be people in the church that i grew up in that would just keep saying like you know people like leaders in the church who would say like you know i really think it's going to be this year or i really think that it's going to be just like we're just going to have one more round of this whatever and you know it's going to happen and i heard that shit when i was like five and six years old and it just scares the shit out of you when you're that age and and it's i just i got so pissed off at it Mm -hmm. i really did that reminds me of uh something else like do you guys ever get the oh well this person's the antichrist for sure like oh yeah they did it with obama you know that was one and uh i forgot i can't think of how many people that have been mentioned to be the antichrist that i have heard growing up but there's been a time but yeah obama was a big thing because they all thought he was from the middle east and Mm -hmm. and then kenya later uh but one thing that like in retrospect as as an adult that i think that was something that me and arlene were talking about after we were done recording is how shitty was it that we were supposed to be scared of the idea of peace yeah that you know like war is a good thing the idea of peace is that's a bad thing that means the anti the antichrist is the one that wants peace which is bananas uh (laughs) I mean, and they'll have their own theology about it to explain why, but it really, when it boils down to it, it's, it that's a crazy thing. That's, And that goes back to sort of uh, McCarthyistic thinking where people that were targeted uh, by McCarthyism, like they had all these key words like uh, socialism, obviously, and mm-hmm. like unions and blah, blah. But one of, the, one of the key words that they targeted was peace, like talk of peace, like peace is a bad thing. And that's an insanely horrible way. Like that feels very brainwashy to mm-hmm. think that peace is a bad thing that in retrospect, I, I heard that a lot. Yeah. Antichrist end times. A lot of people like to speculate about that, which I always thought was always crazy. You know, it's cause it feels very dogmatic. Uh, it's extremely dogmatic. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, depending on what you grew up with and you know, what I grew up with had very specific things. There was a lot of signs that we were looking for, that would get fulfilled. And one of the big ones was there will be wars and rumors of wars. Mm-hmm. As if the world has never not been a state of war or a rumor of war since Jesus. Like, there's... all there's You know how many people there are in the world? Like, uh, there is a, there's a realization that I had in high school where I realized that a lot of people in my family's church and stuff, were, they were talking about end times because... And this is especially, this, like, reached a fever pitch post-9-11, obviously. 
because it was the Middle East attacking mm-hmm. the U.S. and the U.S. was suddenly involved in a war and they're like, this is it. These are the trials and tribulations that blah, blah. In high school, I had this realization that we started freaking out about the end times whenever like America got attacked on 9-11 and then we got inv- involved in the war. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and we the, declared war on terror and there's all this stuff going on in the U.S. And they're like, this is it. This is the tribulation period. And then I realized, like, wait, wait, wait. No, we only think this because we're Americans. Like, people have gone through shit all over the world. If you were somebody living in, like, a Hutu living in Rwanda or something, would you not think that was the end of the world when your people are getting, like, slaughtered, like, in mass genocide? Or the Jews that they went through and, Mm -hmm. uh, like, through all of history, basically. Or any other culture, like, went through so much crap. And then Americans, these... (laughs) super self-centered Christians are like, oh no, this is it. This is the the bad part now. Now it's happening to us. Mm-hmm. So this must be the end of the world. And that was, I think, the, the beginning. I was like, well, maybe my religion doesn't actually have everything figured out. And also it's easy to make assumptions when you're a bystander to the world, basically. And we see headlines. That's all we see. We don't experience anything. Right. And, and also that was another thing is that we came into an age, our generation has seen this explosion of instant news access which then turned into social media and you even get you get bombarded even more with there's not a single thing that can happen in the world without you know seeing it it's going to be in everybody's feeds so it looks so bad it looks worse than it is i think uh well it is yeah. it is worse than it i like generally like violent crimes and war deaths has gone mm-hmm. down it's been on a downward trend for a long time but now we get to see every death that happens right and it looks so much worse so that's why you get a lot of people are like back in my day it was but it wasn't it was so much worse back in your day (laughs) yeah yeah i'll never understand the i mean whole like i don't want to get political i never do on this but the whole trump's make america great again when was it great like again what are you talking about because (laughs) you know when he was our age I don't know how old is that guy. Yeah, segregation was still a thing. <laughs> I'm pretty right. sure. I mean, if I'm oh, getting yeah, my definitely. math right he's, there. And, yeah, he's, yeah, he's 70, an old dude, huh? Yeah. Year old. So, I mean, and, you know, racism was pretty much okay, like, just to be, like, totally blatantly racist and to be mm-hmm. uh, sexist, misogynist. Like, you, it was just in your face and, like, um, you know, there was just way less freedom uh and people had way less rights mm-hmm. and it was just uh honestly yeah. i look back at just you know in history like i would never i would not want to be a woman mm-hmm. like beyond oh, yeah. the 60s pretty much any any like anything but like before the 60s i would not want to be a woman i would not want to be black i would not want to be really anything but a white man yeah you know if i could go back in time and be a white dude who is it? Louis C.K. says, I'll, I will go any back to any time and be a white man, but I'm not going to the future because there's no telling what retribution awaits us. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's whole rhetoric of uh, make America great again. It just feels it's always accompanied like with this sentiment of like, you know, back when men were men and women were mm-hmm. women and everyone fit in comfortable stereotypes that I'm OK with. <laughs> yeah. And also terms like great or good or whatever. It's so subjective. Like we don't, <laughs> you know, it, it all depends on who you're talking to and who you're asking the questions. Now we have to share water fountains with the blacks. <laughs> God. <laughs> 
the state we're living in. God, uh, the state we are living in still is a pretty backward ass state. Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, yes, so there's signs, of course, there's, uh, you know, wars, rumors of wars, all this uh, really escalated with 9-11, like I said. You had, uh, okay, so I went to, my my private Christian school was taught by, or the curriculum we used was called Abeka Curriculum, which came out of Pensacola Christian College, the most insane college ever i went and took a tour of it in eighth grade <laughs> it was a college where it's uh, called florida yeah okay uh it was a college where um I, I the list of rules were so bananas uh like you weren't allowed to be alone with a member of the opposite gender even if they're your own family mm-hmm. to avoid the appearance of evil they were so much more sure that you were going to fuck your sister than the possibility of you being gay that was like their whole thing. Yeah. Wow, that's so. Yeah. That was uh, there was an article about that, wasn't there on Crack dot com? There was. I was so excited whenever I yeah, saw that. There was a, a woman it? that they interviewed. It was one of the real life cracked articles where they mm-hmm. interview someone, and it was batshit. Like I, I've read it probably two or three times what just was because it about? it's about the Pensacola. What's it? Pensacola Pensacola Christian College. Yeah, and it's just. You should read it sometime. And I will. Ben and anyone who's listening, it's really a fascinating article. I can't remember what do you, like crack dot com. Just look up cracked and then Pensacola Christian if you, College. Yeah, or if something. you just Google that, you'll find it. Um, but it, yeah, they interview this girl who went to that college and got into some trouble because she was being immoral or something, and just she just recounts her, like she was basically like sexually harassed and I don't know. It was just it was really. A twisted environment, I assume. It's, it was disgusting. It's insane. Like, uh, I, I'm just thinking of some of the rules that were told to me whenever I visited in eighth grade. You weren't allowed to listen to any music with lyrics. Uh, of course. It doesn't matter if it was praise and worship music or not. It had to be. And they say that as if, like, oh, well, then I'll listen to some apocalyptica that doesn't have any words. Of course you're not going to be allowed to listen to that because that mm-hmm. sounds evil to them. <laughs> Which I can go off on this whole thing about how uh, there was this pastor that was saying how minor keys were evil. Minor <laughs> keys? <laughs> oh my god, that's it's so fucking dumb. Like, oh, there's something interesting in the music that must be of the devil. Oh my uh, gosh! Uh, you weren't, yeah, you weren't allowed to listen to music with lyrics. Uh, you had, you weren't. Your feet weren't allowed to touch the floor after 9 p.m. Uh, you're supposed okay. to be... In, doesn't Screw you if you have to pee, I guess. <laughs> you, yeah, Wet you, the bed, you know? I, That's was, what Christians do. Uh, it was insane. I, anyway, I started talking about that because that was the... They created the curriculum that my school used. If you can imagine the science classes that I had, which started off with... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Young Earthers. Oh yeah. Oh totally. The Earth is six thousand years old to them. Uh, oh my gosh. And they all have all these explanations for it. And why. that's one thing I've never could. I can't get over is Young Earth people. Like I, I can hear the arguments for any other terms of Christianity as far as creation. 
creationism. Sure, I can but too. But how on earth can you believe that the Earth is only six? Some people say even say three thousand years old. How can you even think that? <laughs> I'm I'm fine with like super fine with what, the uh, the fact that Jesus used metaphors and parables throughout mm-hmm. his entire like preaching life. Like so, it's pretty established that. God likes to use metaphors, and for them to think, no, that's literal. Like, this is a story for people who don't understand science. Well, like, to... the day when he created the Earth in what, seven days or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. another part of it that they, like, will say it was literally seven days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and also the implausibility of... So, like, mathematically, it just doesn't work out. Like, there's stars that have taken, like, millennia to get here, you know? Well, I can... The light themselves. I can tell you all their arguments for all that. It's like, well, you know, don't put God in a box. He can make things... My favorite favorite one is that we find, you know, these skeletons that we can use carbon dating to... Mm To you know, say this is like so many you know millions of years old or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, God put that there to test our faith. That's mm-hmm. my favorite one. Uh, I've heard that one. Rather than just be like, well, hey, maybe God made this too, and this is all part of His plan. I don't know. Get over it. <laughs> my history book uh-huh. also involved future, uh, because at the end of each of my history books for each grade, it would have a. Uh, few chapters on what's going to come uh mm-hmm. specifically armageddon mm-hmm. and um armageddon which happens in um megiddo or megiddo m-e-g-i-d-d-o okay. uh that was that was the city that this is supposed to happen i remember being told stuff like in the book that like in my history book and be like uh, the, the blood will be knee deep and like this is stuff that I was taught, and I was taught, like, what was leading up to it. You know, peace in the Middle East. There is going to be some, like, a piece of, like, some temple, like a cornerstone returned to some temple mm-hmm. in Israel, uh, which I think apparently that happened once, or that that specific prophecy got fulfilled whenever I was in sixth grade, and I was terrified that, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus is going to come back at any point. Um, there is... Other stuff, there was, like, reasons, like, that they thought it was going to happen in the year 2000, and then they're like, wait, no, we misfigured that because 2000 is actually the end of 1999, so it's actually going to be 2001, mm-hmm. and uh, all this stuff, like, just constantly saying, like, it's gonna happen, goddammit, well, they wouldn't say that, but, you know. It- <laughs> <laughs> you mean they don't use profanities? Anyway, so what is supposed to happen, you know, we have the, the uh, traditional idea of the rapture, which is there's going to be a great trumpeting sound and God's going to come down and sweep up all of his people or catch up all his people and uh, the dead will rise from the grave. The dead were like resting in the bosom of Abraham or something. I don't know. They would never really clear on what was going on there. And uh, I just found out recently that this whole concept of the rapture is a pretty new idea that's really just putting together different verses of the bible just p- cherry picking some things to mm-hmm. come up with this idea and i don't know why how it propagated the way that it did or why evangelicals evangelicals specifically latched onto that sure but i mean did you experience any of this uh, growing up ben i mean Y- yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think. That was so weird. 
Sorry, I was slightly distracted when you were talking about that. Uh, what specifically? Like, a, a, is it something... A, what was your... If, if I can ask, oh, I don't yeah, know if sure. you're comfortable. Uh, what was your church growing up? Well, I grew up in a... Uh, it was non-denominational. The good old non-denom? Mm, yeah, the yeah. Old good old non-denom. And uh, so, slightly charismatic, not over the top. Sure. You know, not like a Pentecostal or a... Do they do speaking in tongues? They believe in it, but it's not like a common occurrence. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It so like, happen every church they don't, service. They don't have somebody stand up and then do an interpretation of somebody speaking in tongues all the time. Even though that I've seen that happen, but right. but it wasn't a common thing. Did you ever like have sermons about like the end times or... Yeah, I mean, I was always taught growing up that... Uh, and I kind of liked that I was taught this in hindsight because they well they they basically taught me that it shouldn't you shouldn't worry about the end times because it's not like you need to worry more about you yourself right now and your own spiritual wellness right as you're moving along in the present and so if you're taking care of that your future or the you know whatever happens afterwards is a byproduct of what you've already experienced so it's not a big deal um so there wasn't a lot of fear that they brought and I kind of like that they didn't because I feel like if they would have talked more and more and more about like revelations and end times, then it would just would have freaked me out, and I would have probably like had some psychological effects. Yeah, I mean it totally does. I remember mm-hmm. uh, I, can't, I don't think I brought this up on the podcast with Arlene, but there was, and you can tell me if I did. I think I mm-hmm. talked about it with her afterwards, but there was one sermon where a. Uh, one of the associate pastors got up in the middle of like everyone having this like charismatic flopping around on the ground thing. Like everyone is like closed eyes, hands raised, screaming in tongues and blah, blah. And this mm-hmm. guy gets up and uh, kind of quiets everyone's down a little bit. And he takes a microphone and he's like, this week, everything in the book of revelations will come to pass. Oh my gosh. No, stop it. And like, who are I you? like. Who do you think you are? Almost shit my pants. Like they're in church. Uh, it was one of the church sermons where I, for whatever reason, they didn't mm-hmm. have Sunday school, so I had to sit there with my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I preferred to go to Sunday school, but then like afterwards, like we all got in the car, went home, and had spaghetti. <laughs> and I was like looking at like my family, just like, oh, you want to pass the parmesan or whatever. I was like, why aren't you freaking out? <laughs> Did you hear what he said today? Yeah. And uh, this is no lie. The next Sunday, he got up and said the exact same thing. So, and Rumor is he still says it to this day. Uh, he got kicked out of the church. Did uh, he really? Uh, yeah, but not because of that, but because he like insulted the pastor. So I'm, like, I'm spreading some rumors right now. <laughs> Well, we didn't say any names, so you know, it's whatever. So Christian Christianity believes that there is not really a specific date as to whether the rapture or the end of the world is coming. Right, but there's a lot of Christians who believed that they had predicted the date. That's so crazy to me, still. Like, what the crap? Like, you've read the Bible. It says, if you are really a Christian and you believe that 100%, then why would you think that you would be able to predict it when it clearly says no one will? Yeah, there is that one guy that had that book. I think it's called 88 Reasons Christ is Coming Back in 88. And I'm pretty sure he had a follow-up called 89 Reasons Christ is Coming Back in 89. (laughs) Was it just the original 88 Reasons plus another one? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I didn't read them. Yeah. Well, uh, when I see something like that, I just see okay, this guy's just trying to make quick buck. Obviously, I'm pretty you know, sure selling he is. some books. Uh, but I read, a, well, I, I researched about a few people who have predicted the end of the world after um, this year. So the the most recent end of the world predictions to this date. Oh, yeah. And so the most recent one was from a woman named Jean Dixon. And she was not a Christian, technically, I guess you could say. She was a psychic. She was a well-known psychic. Um, One of those psychic Christians. <laughs> psychic Christian. But, I mean, she did. So she was a well-known, self-proclaimed psychic that reportedly predicted the assassination of JFK. So that's what gave her, like, she, people started trusting her after she that some happened. clout. Yeah. Psychic clout. Exactly. And she <laughs> passed away in... <laughs> she passed away in 1997. And her last words were, I knew this would happen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> right. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like she probably said that all the time. She though. probably like, did. Every day. I knew this like, would happen. She gets in a car accident. I knew this would I knew happen. This would happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so she predicted that the end of the world would be 2020. Then <laughs> she believed that this was the time that Jesus would return and the Antichrist would be defeated. And, say, and so would Satan and the false prophet. And, but however, she did... Uh, previously predict the end of the world to be in 1962 so she's already uh, you know oh for one That's, at that point <laughs> i mean she's 54 years off at this point yeah and she's <laughs> dead now so like uh, uh, so that's uh, kind of interesting to me that uh the idea that that's when the world will end because like in a lot of like evangelical Christian things, there's this whole thing like there's the rapture first, mm-hmm. then the Antichrist like mm-hmm. takes power, world peace, tribulation period, mm-hmm. or seven years of tribulation, then the final destruction of the earth, mm-hmm. then the 2,000 years of uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And she, I think she said 2020 was the marking the return of Jesus, but then it would be like till 2030 something. Before, like, the Antichrist, Satan, and the false prophet were defeated. Okay, and then the other guy, so there's F. Kenton Bashore, B-E-S-H-O-R-E. Um, so he predicted that the end of the world would be in 2021, marking the return of Christ. So he had a master's in theology, and he became a college pastor in about 1978. And uh, he basically was a part of this church that he watched rise from 300 members to 17,000 members. Jeez. So he, Real Jim Jones over here. Well, I mean, the correlation is kind of uncanny because he went from kind of a um, humble guy to a predicting the end of the world guy, you know. So in other words, he went insane. He basically he went insane, and uh, and so then he. But during that time, he also became the senior pastor. So he's leading that congregation by the time they reached seventeen thousand people. So he kind of had a. Probably a superiority complex. Well, yeah. I think it's been proven time and time again that power is evil. Yep. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Is that what they say? That is what they say. <laughs> I think there's a, a good amount of truth to that. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, you guys might have heard this. This is definitely a cult. They wouldn't call them, no cult calls themselves a cult, but these guys are definitely a cult. The Messiah Foundation International. Oh, that's definitely a cult. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and they believe that they are... Well, they predicted that the end of the world would be in 2026 when an asteroid would collide with Earth. Okay, that's, that's their prediction. But the uh, MFI, or Messiah Foundation International, uh, they claim that they are a syncretism between Christianity, um, Islamic, Judaic, and Hinduistic p- prophecy. So they basically consider themselves um, 
well, the leader considers himself the Messiah for all of those religions. Oh, collectively. wow. Yeah, yeah. That's so they go, big. they reach out a limb there. And their leader is a Riaz Ahmed Gohar Shahi. Riaz, okay, I'm not even going to try to say that again. But uh, he wrote a book called The Religion of God, and that he writes a lot of his prophecies down in that book. And uh, Stahi also predicted that the moon would be the last refuge for humanity. Nice. Yeah. Mm, moon so, people. Yeah, and so he's 2026. So, so far we got a prediction in 2020, 2021, and 2026. And then the last one, which I found the most interesting, Isaac Newton himself had a prediction oh. as to when the end of the world would be, which is coming up in 2060. That's the gravity guy, right? Coming up in 2016? 2060. Oh, 16. 2060. And uh, so I don't think he needs any introduction. Famous physicist. Yes, that is the gravity guy. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, gravity guy. And uh, so he took a stab at predicting the world 2060. And he which he calculated it by adding uh, so like a jubilee. Do you know what a jubilee is in terms of uh, Christianity? I thought it was just like a like a revival, like uh, uh, like mass savings or yeah. So he predict that's you're basically correct. Mass salvations, I yeah. should say, not savings. Like save so much money on car <laughs> A revival, <laughs> basically a revival, and he. Uh, he based it off of when Israel reacquired Jerusalem. So whenever that, 50 years after that would happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that would mark that 2060. So that's when he thinks the end of the world would be. Wait, Israel wasn't a nation, though, at his time. Was it not? It was a nation in 1947. Am I talking out of my ass? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> That's just what I read. I'm so pretty sh- well. I well, Israel. Okay, that's whenever it was like became a nation state that like was recognized. I believe. Well, I think based off of what I read, he didn't necessarily. That was his prediction. Was based off of these parameters, and I think it might have taken place after he had already died. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I like the the twenty twenty six one. I. 2026. We can all live yeah. on the moon with David Icke. <laughs> Good times. And, yeah, live in the the spaceship craters of mm-hmm, the moon mm-hmm. because it's a spaceship. Uh-huh. I mean, that's where the lizard men came from, so yep. obviously they have some sort of sustainable living. What do you think is, what drives, I think it's inherent in a lot of religious texts that there is going to be some end. Uh, what do you think it is, though, that, that causes people... To, or at least religions to obsess over that or the end of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of the reason I think people want to predict the end of the world to think that they're special and that they know something that everybody else doesn't. I think that's part of the appeal. Isn't there also an element of like final smiting of the wicked and final reward of the good? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, especially in terms of like the rapture, bringing up the good and leaving behind the wicked. Especially, yeah, especially Christianity. Uh, mm-hmm. Although. I wish did we did any of you guys research like an es- eschatological aspect of another religion or something other than Christianity? I tried I, to look up Buddhism, but mm-hmm. that is a whole can of worms. Yeah, really. There's oh, a lot about this topic that we could get we into. We could get real religions. fun and go Norse mythology and talk about Ragnarok, <laughs> which is uh, the, the final battle between all the gods that will destroy the world. That mm-hmm. sounds like a blast. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. I don't know much about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you knew what it was called. 
That's a fun word to say. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Sydney, what'd you get into? Oh well, like I was, I was kind of talking about the the Christian aspect of it, like oh, yeah. like Torrance was too. Um, and his and my childhoods parallel one another, but they're also very opposite. The respective religions that Torrance and I were raised in uh, definitely have a lot of parallels as far as the end of the world is concerned or Armageddon. Um, uh, the difference being I was not raised in a charismatic church, and I'm very, very thankful for that. Um <laughs> I I was very aware of those kinds of churches, and, you know, I, w- I, w- I would, of course, see things on TV. Uh, sometimes I'd get really curious, and I'd turn on one of those religious channels mm. on TV, and I'd watch, like, the mega churches, mm-hmm. and I would watch uh, the televangelists, and I would be really thankful that I wasn't a part of any of that, and that I could recognize it for what complete and utter disgusting bullshit it is. Yeah, but like I was saying earlier, a lot of the the end times talk, you know, that'll scare the shit out of a little kid. And I don't know, I feel like there are better ways to go about it when talking about it. Like if you if that's what you really believe, I don't know. But it's like I kind of had that same thing that that same experience that you did, Torrance, where it's like we'd go to church and they would talk about the world ending maybe very soon, like maybe next week, maybe tomorrow, (laughs) maybe 20 years from now, like maybe I'll get to live my life. Maybe I won't. And then we just go home and eat spaghetti, you know, like, we, or, you know, we just never fucking really talked about it. And it was, I mean, you know, we did sometimes, but it was like, I would find myself being the only one that seemed to be really freaked out mm-hmm. for days by one thing that the, uh, that the elder said or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there would be, there would be times where we didn't go to church for a while and then we would go back and then I would hear all this stuff again and it would get just kind of like reopening a wound almost mm. or ripping off a bandaid. And it was just, uh, very much kind of like whiplash when I was growing up and I, you know, you know, it kind of messed with me. It's, it's hard not to, I think but we- a lot of the parallels, like a lot of the things were different. Like I, I wasn't raised to believe in a rapture. I wasn't raised to believe that, like, the difference in the belief systems is, like like I said, a lot of it parallels, but a lot of it's just, like, the interpretation is either opposite or just very different, like, uh, and you and I have talked a lot about this, mm-hmm. Torrance, yeah. over the past several years. Um, like, you know, instead of the world ending, like, a lot of people think it'll just be destroyed, literally destroyed, and that there'll be a new Earth. Mm-hmm. Well, that wasn't the interpretation in the religion that I grew up in, it was just that it, the world would be cleansed of evil mm-hmm. and that the remaining, the meek or the sheep would clean up and, you know, try to move on in a, like to make a perfect mm-hmm. world and whatever. But yeah, a lot of like, you know, the Armageddon thing was something that I heard about, like there would be a great tribulation. This was talked about a lot. Um, and that that could just happen any day now, you know, where was there a lot of uh, focus on what was happening in the middle East um or not not so much not really there was just more it was very much bible focused what i appreciated about it was there wasn't a time that the elder that was speaking or any of us were not holding a bible there was all we were always had a bible they were always pointing to scriptures they were always saying this is why we're saying this like they always had an explanation for what they were saying from the bible it wasn't just this bs that they pulled out of their ass saying mm-hmm. and the world is going to end this week like that is such <laughs> complete bullshit that is a person Dogma. 
That's a person that needs a foot in their ass. I think he's dead now, so it's fine. <laughs> well, he got a foot in his ass. Torch is gonna rap. <laughs> I don't fuck with you. We we're talking about uh, a plausible, plausible, or just what we think might actually in the world, uh, which made me think of how somewhat plausible it is that we'll just get hit by an asteroid. The dream. Then made me think of. Um, Shoot, there's two movies that came out in this. There's Armageddon and uh, and Deep Impact. Don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> Which one? I don't want to fall asleep because I'd miss you, babe. Which was the one that had... Uh, was it Ben Affleck? Don't want to miss a thing. That's Armageddon. Yeah, Armageddon. That's Armageddon. That was the one that... Even when I dream of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he good. was dating Liv Tyler. Wasn't it Liv Tyler? Lucky bastard. I do. Uh, he, and he, she and played it, Bruce yeah. Willis's daughter. Yeah, uh, and then that's why Aerosmith the, the did is, the song. Well, I remember because I think that was directed by Michael Bay, and one of the stories from that was because that's they send it like a team of like uh, miners or something like people that like drill like people rocks under eighteen. Nah, yeah. Children. <laughs> <laughs> Miners with an E. Okay. Uh, to the rock. And so, like, they have to train them to be astronauts or whatever. I think at some point, Ben Affleck came up to uh, Michael Payne. He's like, wait, wouldn't it be easier to train astronauts to mine rather than miners to be astronauts? <laughs> and Michael Payne was like, shut up. <laughs> I mean, that's a very valid point. <laughs> I remember. Uh, robot chicken skit <laughs> that is still one of my favorites to this day. It was this really long drawn out stupid skit um, where there was an asteroid headed towards the world and the world voted on who would go to stop it and they voted for Harrison Ford <laughs> and Harrison Ford was like doing an inter- or he was doing a press conference and he was like I'm just an actor. You people are insane. (laughs) (laughs) And they like to fill the other five seats. They got Aerosmith. And and Steven Tyler kept screaming and puking in his helmet. (laughs) (laughs) I think I remember that one now. That's amazing. Oh, gosh. That's better than the movie Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, But speaking of end of the world movies, I forgot a really good one that I saw recently. It's uh, It was an Australian film. And I can't remember what it's called, but it was on Netflix. And that was how I watched it. I just randomly came across it. And uh, it was just... Uh, I think an asteroid had hit Earth or something. And anyway, just this fire, this wall of fire was headed towards Australia. And they were like... Final hours? The final hours. These final hours is mm-hmm. what it was called, I think. And, uh, but it was just like basically like the end in fire was headed towards Australia. And it just, it follows this guy who's kind of an asshole. He's kind of been an asshole his entire life, but he mm-hmm. finds this little girl and saves her from some people who are about to do something awful to her. Mm. And he helps her go find her dad. And it's just, uh, it's, it was really incredibly dark. And, of course, it ends with, I mean, no spoiler alert. I mean, the world is ending in the movie. But it ends with him finding his girlfriend. And they, and it's just like this 
firewall coming towards them over the ocean and that's it's just over <laughs> i think you were telling trying to describe that to me once and yeah it was really an emotional film i mean i actually teared up a little bit and uh it was really well done and well acted what was the most like it was kind of a recent apocalyptic movie with uh it was uh steven seagal Ste- no steve carell <laughs> Oh, seeing oh, a friend for the end of the world. Your friend Kira Knightley. World. Yeah, that's pretty good. That one did make me cry. Did it? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I haven't well seen done. it. Um, but, but that did make me think of Melancholia with Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I haven't uh-uh. seen that. It's a beautiful movie. It's uh, uh, basically like a was a, a hidden planet is about to collide with uh, mm-hmm. Earth, and just the the visual image of like this gigantic is it called Nibiru. Wait, what's that? A hidden planet. This conspiracy theorists believe in a hidden or a, oh. no, a planet, real. a secret planet that the government's hiding from mm-hmm. us. I think it was something like that. And uh, but the the visuals on that were amazing. That's not a fun movie though. At all. I mean, it's called Melancholia. <laughs> Actually, I think and I think this falls under apocalyptic. My favorite apocalyptic movie is Interstellar. I love that movie so much. It's so good. It's kind of yeah. It's like a post Earth. Um, Ben, you're binging Supernatural right now. Yes, which is one of I, my I didn't TV think shows. I ever would, but it's happening. It is the first five seasons of that. Um, it leads to an apocalypse, mm, um, and it's just ruined it all for me in one sentence. You son well, of a bitch! <laughs> it keeps going after that. Of so, course, of course. I mean, it's eight seasons, right? Y- well, twelve. <laughs> oh my god! What I the just, crap? I just finished season twelve. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, there are, uh, aren't they airing? 13? I think they might be airing thirteen right now. Holy crap! So they're still going. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell people first five seasons. Are if they you not tired be, of this if yet? You want, apparently not. Is it still the same two? Same oh, yeah. two guys? Oh yeah, Jensen and Jared still going strong. Oh my god! But I tell people the first five seasons are golden. If you want to quit after that, that's fine. Didn't they do an anime too? Um, Supernatural. They're yeah, they did. They and did? Jared Padalecki offered his voice to it. Actually, yeah, actually, I did his voice. Well, to I was it. looking at the IMDb, and it's I saw Jared Padalecki was on all of them, and the guy who plays Dean Jensen the, Ackles is on Jensen one Ackles. episode. He's on, I think one or two. Yeah, and then he gets taken over by some Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Really? Yeah. I tried to watch an episode of it, but I didn't really get into it. But um, there, yeah, the the apocalypse scenario that. Uh, the fifth, the the first five seasons of Supernatural leads up to is uh, of biblical proportions, and it's mm-hmm. actually really interesting the way that they did it because it's just it's this universe where everything supernatural is real, obviously, mm-hmm. but so that means that includes angels, demons, mm-hmm. God, and and you know Satan and the apocalypse and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they're dealing with that while also dealing with these like wendigos and stuff so Mm -hmm. i don't know i just i love the first five seasons of that show it is great i mean i even enjoy watching these the ones that suck the later ones that yeah they're terrible (laughs) story has gone nowhere but it's so fucking dumb and you like the characters it's still enjoyable for some reason yeah i I enjoy watching Uh, it i uh, i didn't like that i enjoyed watching it (laughs) because it was kind of ruined for me grudging yeah so if you could pick pick or predict how how it's all going to go down where are you guys going to go with well i think just based off of uh recent news and uh the way we're trending like if i had a guess in the immediate future if it was to happen within the next 10 years i would say nuclear apocalypse if it was going to happen in the next 100 plus years i would say 
probably like technological singularity or something like that. If I was going to predict longer, then climate change. Climate change yeah. is a big one. Yeah. I uh, If I'm going to think about what would be... Yeah, nuclear apocalypse probably likely... Although, here's the thing. I don't think nuclear apocalypse would be a humanity ending thing. I think it would be a right. huge humanity reducing thing. I think it would definitely set yeah. us back a few... Yeah, I don't, I don't well, even know how long it would set us back. Here's the I've always, I've always thought this. Like, I swear, if I'm ever driving and I see a mushroom cloud on the <laughs> distance, I'm going like, oh, thank God! <laughs> and then I'll stop driving to work and turn around. <laughs> I don't have to go in today. I just have to figure out how I'm going to survive. Yeah. <laughs> go back, and this will go no, back to our. There sorry. is something so romantic about that, though. It, it, it's it is. like yeah. it's. I don't know. I think that's part of what really has always drawn me to, or why I immediately took to the Fallout series so well, is yeah. because it was like... Well, you and a lot of other people. It's I think it struck a chord with a lot of people. Yeah, it's just like this idea of starting over. Mm-hmm. This idea mm-hmm. of like, well, Torrance was watching me play Fallout 4 last night. Um, I had been playing... I was like, outside her window. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking on the phone. <laughs> um, no, I was... Uh, Playing, I'd been playing New Vegas, uh, but I picked up Fallout 4 again for the first time in several months, and I was in Diamond City. Yeah. And he was watching me play that. He was like, man, like, I want to, is it weird that I want to live there? And I was like, no, I feel like I would love to live there. And, like, we were talking about how just the idea of, like, living in a community like that and how everybody plays a very important role and Mm -hmm. you know you're doing it to survive you're not just doing these mundane everyday tasks Mm -hmm. and like you go to work and you try to pay your bills and you just survive in a boring world Mm -hmm. and then you die and you feel like you've done nothing yeah you know on a day-to-day basis but i mean if the world has ended and you know people are literally fighting to survive on a day-to-day basis and you're doing something to help with that that yeah. feels very romantic you and appealing have a purpose in that yeah. sort of situation yeah i think that's that's exactly what that appeal is and we we keep going over stuff that we've talked about before but like last time we talked about the apocalypse i feel like it's an idea that humanity has been in love with for a long time going all the way back to like the reason Robinson Crusoe was such a huge hit was this idea that this guy just lost everything. He's the mm-hmm. only one alive on an island. He has to start from the ground up, like, as the first human, basically. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, his life has a, like, survival means something for, like, all of a sudden. And, and I I think, yeah, what you're saying, Ben, it just strikes a chord with a lot of people. Yeah. So, yeah, whenever... Whenever I do see that beautiful mushroom cloud on the horizon, <laughs> and uh, I go back and I'm like, I think I know how to what, grow potatoes. What do and, they say? Every mushroom cloud has a silver lining. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, thousands, possibly millions of people just died. My <laughs> life can begin. <laughs> it is a morbid thought, but I mean, I get, it. I do get the appeal of being having a defined purpose to where you're now living to survive instead of mm-hmm. living to you know obviously whatever. i don't wish this of course, upon the world of course. but it is yeah it's a very uh it's just like if it happened it's a game changer like if yeah if it happens i don't here's what's dumb like if it happens i don't feel like it's the end of the world ironically like i feel like yeah. it's the 
here okay here's our opportunity to make good now but do you think that you would be equipped to handle something like that yeah, and this is something else we've talked about where I feel yeah. like I like I know how to plant shit and grow it. And yeah, but I mean, what I can, about with like the radiation and all that happening? Well, that's kind of going back to what we were talking about being in the mid-America that mm-hmm. we're most likely going to be... Of course, we'll be affected by it, but I think we're going to be so outside of any metropolitan area that we'll, uh, we'll be... <laughs> fine uh, yeah. or at well, least the last to be affected we don't even know but uh, this is another thing like i wouldn't even know what it would affect ecologically like would weather change would like if it yeah. oh, yeah. is such a mass scale like well, what they, would change they talk about nuclear winter which that's mm-hmm. just a, a phrase that i know i don't really know what goes into that but I, it is supposed to affect the... i think it's just uh like they don't really know what the effect would be a nuclear winter i think is uh, an older idea of what it might mm. what might happen. Well, I guess uh, like from what I always imagined it, it's kind of like what would happen if like a, ma- a super volcano would erupt. Like you have all the ash would settle, right? It would make it hard for crops to grow. Yeah. Um, also, you'd have the whole like blotting out the atmosphere and mm-hmm. whatever Which goes I along think, with that. I think that's w- where the idea of nuclear winter comes from. Right? That's mm-hmm. just the uh, it's going to cloud the atmosphere to a point that the sun can't get yeah. in. Mm-hmm. But uh, and just lower the global temperature, yeah. but which is fine. We've been heating it up for a while, so we can afford it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, eschatology is. I mean, the one of the definitions is just like a a huge change in humanity, um, not necessarily the end of humanity, um, but just like predicting a change in humanity or like the way that people live their lives or like. I mean, it kind of even gets into mysticism, like, you know, becoming one with God or one with the absolute or, you know, just very different ideas of that. So, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be humanity ending, Mm -hmm. but a nuclear apocalypse would definitely change everything and it would reduce, uh, obviously, the amount of people on on the earth. Right. So I said mine. What do you think, Sydney, for for the end of the world, what would happen? Um... Well, we kind of do- dove into the nuclear apocalypse thing. Yeah, for a while. we. I don't know. I think that is my answer, and uh, we talked a lot about religion and stuff tonight. I think excluding God and his involvement in things, like if humans were just left to their own devices, just indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think nuclear is the most plausible, the most possible, um, at least. Uh, for something that's going to happen, like you said, within the next 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm saying like it's going to happen in right. 10, 20 like years. Like if it did happen if it in did, 20 I, years. I, yeah, it would I be... feel like that that would be the most, you know, mm-hmm. the, the most plausible one. Um, and then, of course, yeah, climate change, that's going to screw us over. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a, uh, like, wipe out humanity as we know it. I think it will definitely be altering but what climate change yeah no i think it will you think it'll wipe out everything eventually if if we well haven't they already said we've already kind of hit the point of no return because everyone refused to make changes despite warnings that like we've we've done irreparable damage Mm -hmm. and it's 
just going to it's going to be hundreds of years but yeah. the wheels are in motion for yeah. unless we can reverse engineer some stuff to Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at <laughs> this point, some damage. humanity being wiped out is not such a bad thing. It's not. That actually uh, brings up something that uh, I was wanting to talk about at the beginning of this. I was reading something that was like, it was a timeline of what Earth would be like post-humanity. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, after first hundred years, like, I think the idea was like maybe nuclear pop Apocalypse? Apocalypse. I think I watched this also. Yeah. What you're talking about. Yeah. It's uh, like after this long, like, uh, temperatures will start to return to normal. After this long, like, uh, plastics will have completely degraded. And after Mm -hmm. this long, like, this will come back and blah, blah. And for in a weird way, in whatever connection I have to Earth, it Mm -hmm. made me happy. Looking at me like... (laughs) Oh, good. Earth, if nothing else, Earth will be fine. Yeah. Earth will come back. It'll recover from the cancer that is humans. Uh-huh. Until the uh, black hole that's in the center of our galaxy consumes <laughs> us all. <laughs> Super massive black hole. Well, we end up talking about some dark stuff. Yeah, it on. is. But, I mean, I think it's interesting to talk about because it's a question on everybody's minds at some point in their life. We all want to know what is the next thing that's to happen to humanity. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting to speculate. Yeah. that's. But I think it's crazy to define it like a lot of these people have. Yeah, to give it like a date and, yeah. and just, you know, those people are just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The thing, like, where are they banking? Like, especially the ones that did it more than once. That's- I know. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many people who have said, okay, not this year, next year. I just, I read this thing once. Do you, you guys ever watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. Whenever the uh, apocalypse guy rents yeah. out the park, he's like, okay, it's going to be this day. Oh, yeah. It's like, actually, it's rented out that day. The Girl Scouts have is like, oh, I, I actually meant this Saturday. Yeah, she's, like, <laughs> she's like, yep, we, we're good for that. We're good for that. <laughs> Got you down. Yeah, that fucking, what's it, Fred, Harold Camping, Fred Camping, whoever it was that did the 2012 thing, he had already done like two Harold other, Camping, yeah, yeah, Harold Camping, he had already done two other predictions. Mm-hmm. One thing that I did like about that and it kind of not really didn't really make me feel bad for the guy but there was a little bit of like because he like held up in his house for a while like wouldn't talk to anybody finally came out and finally did an interview and they're like so this is like the third time you've gotten this wrong and he's like yeah i think i'm a bad prophet (laughs) (laughs) well at least he's he's big enough to admit it right All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Pseudophiles. As usual, please rate and review us on iTunes. We always appreciate that. Also, we have mentioned this a couple times, but we'll throw it out there again. We have T-shirts. If you go to our website, there's a button now on our homepage that you can go to the website to get our T-shirt. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you have anything to recommend, any topics, any questions, um, email us at podcast at pseudophiles.com also hello russia yeah (laughs) (laughs) we've had quite a few russian listeners which is awesome and feel free to email us with anything you guys have because uh that is awesome yeah please yeah please uh email us we will immediately respond (laughs) i know we will and also tell us why the hell you're listening (laughs) because we love it and we want to know exactly why but all right 
Thanks and have a good day. Bye. 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 Bye.